It's good to see you all. We are starting a new series of lessons this morning on the prophecies of Christ in the book of Psalms. And we're hoping to learn more about Jesus through this series. Each of these uh, psalms that uh, has been chosen shows a characteristic of Christ that we can learn from. And we're going to try to be more like Him uh, after this series, hopefully. And I was asked to start uh, with uh, Psalm 118 and verse 25. And Psalms 118 and verse 25 says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I want you to imagine a scene up in heaven where God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are there alone. And God created the world and everything in it. But humans were different. Humans were special among His creation because humans He made in His own image. And He hoped that humans would be like Him, would be, try to follow Him, would try to be like God and follow Him. But we failed miserably in that. And so God turned to His Son and asked His Son if He would become a man like us and come down into earth and teach us about the will of the Father and to show us and lead us in the way that He wants us to go. And then He asked the Son if He would die for us. Because that sin, when we when we turned away from that image of God and worshipped His creation instead of Him, we received the penalty which was eternal death in hell. And so God the Father asked the Son if He would come and die for us so that we could live again. And the Son's reply, Psalm 40 and verse 7 And I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me. The son told the father, Yes, I'll go. I'll do this. I will do your will. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. From the moment Jesus was here, his singular focus was on doing the will of the father. That's all, he, that's all he focused on. What is my father's will? Even as a young boy, his parents and him went to Jerusalem for the Passover feast and instead of exploring this new big city, playing with the other boys, this young boy, Jesus, went to the temple and he sat for days listening to them teach about the word of God and asking them questions. And it was when parents were distraught and they searched for him and they finally found him and they asked him, why did you do this to us, Jesus? He said to them, why do you seek me? In Luke 2 and verse 49. Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? I must be about my father's business. Jesus knew the story of his miraculous birth. He knew 
who his father was. His father was God. And he knew God had a special purpose for him. And so he set about trying to find out what that purpose was. And as he read the scriptures, as he listened to them taught, he, as he asked questions, Jesus found out what his purpose was. And the urgency of that purpose, the absolute urgency of it remained with Jesus his whole life. He told his disciples in John 9 and verse 4, he said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Jesus knew he, his father had work for him to do and he knew he only had a short time to do it in. You know, when you consider eternity, our life is like a moment. It's a blink of an eye. And God has work for you. God has a purpose for you today. He has a reason that you're here. He has a purpose. And if you haven't found out what God's purpose for you is, find out. And make sure you fulfill that purpose while you have time. Because our time is so short. But Jesus stayed focused every day on his Father's will. John 6 and 38, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus always put the will of his Father first. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like a servant. Jesus was equal to God. The Son was God. He was equal. But he became his father's servant, his father's slave. That's who he became willingly. You know, in Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, we find his disciples actually arguing about which one of them was greatest. <laughs> and Jesus rebukes them in Matthew 20 and 26, he says, Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. It says here, if you want to be someone great in the kingdom of God, be a servant. Make yourself Christ's slave and act like it. If you do this, God says He will consider you the greatest person in the kingdom of God. You'll be the greatest to God in His kingdom. That doesn't sound like what the world teaches us, does it? We don't learn this at all. It's like opposite of what we think in this world. But the ruler of this world is a liar from the beginning and he's still lying today. He lies to everybody, deceives us all. And they're thinking, this isn't true, but God can't lie. So we know this is true. It is certainly true for each of us. Now, this morning I want you to understand, I want you to see just, just how much it meant to Jesus, how important it was for Jesus, for him, to do the will of the Father. In his eyes, this was so important to do. 
In John chapter 4, Jesus is traveling through Samaria. And he comes to Jacob's well. And there's a woman there drawing water and he asks for a drink. And Jesus has compassion on this woman and he starts to talk to her about her sin and about worship and about who he is. And as he talks to her, his disciples finally come and they marvel that he's talking to this woman. She's a Samaritan. And Jews have no dealings with Samaritans and they're surprised he's even talking to her, but he finally finishes talking to her and she goes off to, to get her family, to bring their fam- her family to Jesus. And so the disciples get out the food that they brought and they start to eat. And the disciples are eating their food and finally one of them notices that Jesus isn't eating. And they say, Lord, eat. Why aren't you eating? You need to eat something. And Jesus simply says, I have food that you know not know nothing of. And they thought, okay, who brought him food? Where did he get food? Did someone give him food? Did he like get his own food? Did he bring his own food? Where did he get food? And as they're trying to figure this out, Jesus says to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus said that doing the will of the Father was food to him. Now, I like food, obviously. I like food a lot. And I try to eat just every day, as much as I can, whenever I can. I I like food. Food is really, really important to me. And I would guess that food is pretty important to you also, really. Food is important. And, you know, it's getting... It'll be noon here soon. Are you getting hungry yet? Looking at this food? This one here. Yeah, I really like this one here. Yeah. And those. Oh, man. This is good stuff. We try to eat every day. You know, we get jobs and work every day, mainly so we can have food. So we can have, we can have food. And, and it hurts. It hurts when we don't have food. You know, we build entire rooms in our houses devoted to food. We make our plans around food. When we get together with people, we say, okay, where are we going to eat? <laughs> and sometimes we takes a while to figure out exactly where we're going to eat because it's important where we're going to eat. And... We brought food today. We brought good food. And we're going to eat together. And after that, a lot of us are going to Yancey and Sheila's house, and guess what we're going to do there? (laughs) Oh, we love food. We're going to eat more. Food is a central focus of our lives, and Jesus said this is what doing the will of God was to him. It was like what food is to us. That's how important 
it was to him. How important is it to you? How important is doing the will of God to you? Is it like food? How does it compare? You know, we're all, we're all good at making excuses. You know, Moses was really good at making excuses. In Exodus chapter 3, God told Moses that he was going to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt and slavery and give them the land of Canaan. And he said he was going to use Moses to do it. And Moses didn't really want to do that. And he argued with God. He said, you know, who am I that Pharaoh would listen to me? And God said, I will be with you, Moses. And Moses said, but they don't know you. Who will I say sent me? And God said, tell them the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob sent you. Moses replied, but Lord, they won't believe me. There's no way they're going to believe me. God said, I will perform miracles by your hand. They will believe. And Moses said, Lord, I'm just not eloquent of speech. I'm not a good, I'm not a good talker. And God said, Moses, who made your mouth? I will teach you what to say. And finally, Moses hung his head and said, Lord, please, just send someone else. Send someone else. Do we do this to God? Do we ever make excuses to Him? Why? We don't do the things that he wants us to do. I think all of us do sometimes. Instead, we should be more like the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah was awesome. Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, we read how he was a man who was eager and willing to go and do what God wanted him to do. He was eager to go and Talk to people in the name of the Lord. Isaiah 6 and chapter 8. Also I heard a vo- the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? <clears throat> and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me, Lord. Send me. Isn't that a better response than what Moses gave to the Lord? The Lord needed people like Isaiah to go and tell people what they needed to hear. The Lord needs people like that today. Now you might be thinking, you know, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. And you're right. You can't. You can't do it alone. John chapter 5 and verse 30. 
I can of myself do nothing. Do you know who's talking here? This is Jesus. This is Jesus. He said, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous. Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. No, if, if you're out there doing what God wants done, if you're doing the will of the Father, don't you think He will help you? Don't you think God will help you if you're doing what He wants done? He'll help you. He's going to help you. You can't do it alone, but you can do all things. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <clears throat> of course, everyone's not going to accept you. If you go out there in the name of the Lord, not everyone will skip. Not everyone accepted Jesus, and that's okay. Jesus said, I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Jesus was speaking for God. He was speaking God's words. And he was speaking with the authority of God. Don't we have those same words with us today? Don't we have the same authority to speak them today? I think we do. They're God's words. It's the same authority. Colossians 3 and verse 37 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Would you live your life differently if every single thing you did, you did in the name of the Lord? If you drove your car in the name of the Lord? If you talked to people in the name of the Lord? If you treated people the way you treated people in the name of the Lord, you treated them this way? You know, I think this means basically who do you glorify by what you do and by what you say? Are you glorifying yourself or are you glorifying God? You know, if you're a Christian, you're wearing the Lord's name. And when you do a sorry, half-hearted job, you know it, you solely the name of the Lord. And when you're selfish and you're rude to people, that reflects poorly on the name of the Lord. Let's be conscious of the name we're wearing out there. Like Jesus was. Jesus never stopped putting the will of the Father above His own. At the end of the life, at the end of his life, he he prayed in agony, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then Jesus went and took all of our sin upon himself. 
and was crucified and died for us so that we could live. Why? Why would God do this for us? Why would he do it? I, I heard a story recently about a man who asked this question. Why would God do this? Become a man and do this for us. You might have heard this story before. It's an old story. But there was this decent, kind man. He was, by human standards, a very good man. But this man, he didn't believe in Jesus because he just couldn't get beyond this question. Why would God, why would an almighty, omnipotent God become a man? And he couldn't get by that. He couldn't understand it, so he didn't believe the story of Jesus. And he was married to a lady who was a Christian. And she went to church every, every Sunday. She was actively involved in the church, and she tried, she tried to teach him. And for several years, he went to church with his wife. And he heard all the sermons, and he just didn't believe because he couldn't get beyond that question of why God would do this. And one year, um, it was around Christmas time, and they was having a special service at the church, a Christmas service. And the wife begged her husband to come with him, with, with her, and, and he refused. He said, honey, I just feel like a hypocrite if I went, because you know I don't believe like you do. And so, as always, she went without him, and... He stayed at home. Well, a blizzard that had come in the previous day and the ground was just covered with snow and it was really, really cold outside. And the man went into the living room and to read his paper in his comfy chair. And as he sat there reading the paper, he heard this boom, boom. And he gets up and he looks around and he hears it again, boom. And it sounded like it was coming from the dining room. So he goes into the dining room, and as he's in the dining room, he sees this bird hit the picture window. Boom! And so the man puts on his coat, and he goes outside, and he looks down under the window, and he sees these birds there under the window. And being the kind-hearted man he is, he went out and he opened up his barn. He had a big barn, and he opened up the doors wide, turned on the light, went back in the house and waited. He thought, you know, they can use my barn, get warm. And so he waited and he waited, and the birds just stood there by the window. And so the man gets out a loaf of bread, and he goes out there and he tears off bread, and he makes a trail all the way from the barn back to the window of bread to entice them to get in goes back in the house and he sits and he waits. And he waits and the birds just stand there. They don't, they don't go for the bread. So the man goes outside again and he starts raising his arms, yelling and trying to shoo them into the barn. And he works and he works and he's sweating, trying to get them in, but the birds just keep scattering because they're afraid of him. And he can't get them in the barn. 
And so as he stands there frustrated, looking at these birds, he thinks to himself, boy, if only I could become a bird, then I could go down there as a bird like them and walk around with them and be like them and I could lead them into the barn where it's safe. And at that moment, he understands for the first time the story of Jesus and what God did and why he did it. You know, it was the will of God the Father that you would be saved. That's what he wanted. He wanted it bad for you to be saved. And like those birds hitting the window, we were deceived by sin. Sin deceived us into thinking it was something good that would help us, something we wanted but it wasn't. And we were hit by the truth, which is our sin leads to our death, our spiritual death. And so God sent His only Son here to become a man like us, to show us the way, to teach us, to show us God. To lead us back to Him. And because, because of everything that He has done for us, let's be about our Father's business. Let's do that for Him. If you've wandered away from Jesus, if you're not following Him like you should, if you're not doing what you know God wants you to do, you can change that. You can, you can change today. I want you to consider that. Hopefully this lesson will help you somehow. If you'd like the prayers of the church, if you'd like anything spiritually for us today, please come forward now, sit on the front pew as we stand and sing.